0: Isaac, and today I will be reading Percy Jackson: The Sea of Monsters, Chapter Twenty. This this is insane. I really didn't. I actually didn't think I'd get this far. I'm gonna be done with the second book now. I I also wonder. Actually, go to Podbean.com or download the app Podbean. Search for my podcast and comment. How long has anyone been listening for? Is everyone? Is anyone actually that's listening currently? Does anyone actually listen since the start? I'm curious to know. Yeah, just another book added to the journey. Let's get on with the chapter. Chapter 20. The Fleece Works Its Magic Too Well. That afternoon was one of the happiest I'd ever spent at camp, camp, which maybe goes to show you never know when your world is about to be rocked to pieces. Grover announced that he'd be able to spend the rest of the summer with us before resuming his quest for Pan. His bosses at the Council of Cloven Elders were so impressed that he hadn't got himself killed and had cleared the way for future searchers that they granted him a two-month furlough and a new set of reed pipes. The only bad news? Grover insisted on playing those reed pipes all afternoon long and his musical skills hadn't improved much. He played... YMCA, this, and the strawberry plant, strawberry, strawberry, strawberry plant started going crazy, wrapping around his feet like our feet, like they're trying to strangle us. I guess I couldn't blame them. Grover told me he could dissolve the empathy link between us now that we were face to face, but I told him I'd just as soon keep it if he were if that was okay with him. He put down his reed pipes and stared at me. But if you get, but if I get in trouble again, you'll be in danger, Percy. You could die. If you're in trouble again, you, I want to know about it. And I'll come him, and I'll come help you again, G-Man. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have it another way. In the, in the end, he agreed not to break the link. He went back to playing YMCA for the strawberry plants. I didn't need an empathy link with the plants to know how they felt about it. Later on, during the archery, Later on, during the archery cra- arch- archery class, can't speak today, Karen pulled me aside and told me he'd fixed my problems with Merryweather Prep. The school no longer blamed me for destroying their gymnasium. The police were no longer looking for me. How did you manage that? I asked. Karen I- Karen's eyes twinkled. I merely suggested that the mortals had seen something different on that day. A furnace furnace explosion that was not your fault. You said that and they just bought it? I manipulated the mist. Someday, when you're ready, I'll show you how it's done. You mean, I can go back to Meriwether next year? Cannon raises his eyebrows. Oh no, they've still expelled you. Your headmaster, Mr. Bonsai, said you had, how do you put it, ungroovy karma that disrupted the school's education aura. But you're not in any legal trouble, which was a relief to your mother. Oh, and uh, speaking of your mother... He unclipped his cell phone from his quiver and handed it to me. It's high time you called her. The worst part was at the beginning. The, Percy Jackson, what were you thinking? You have no idea how worried I was. You sneaked off from camp without permission, going on dangerous quests that scare me half to death part. But finally, she paused to catch her breath. Thanks, I needed to. Oh, I'm just glad you're safe. That's the great thing about my mom. She's no good at staying angry. She tries, but it wasn't, but it isn't in her nature. Sorry, Mom. I told her I won't scare you again. Don't promise me that, Percy. You know very well it will only get worse. She tried to sound casual about it, but I could tell she was pretty shaken up. I wanted to say something to make her feel better, but I knew she was right. Being a half-blood, I would always be doing things that scared her, and as I got older, the dangerous, the more dangerous would just the, dra- the dangers would just get greater. I could come home for a while. I offered. No, no, state camp, train, do what you need to do. But you will come home for the next school year? Yeah, of course. Uh, if there's any school that will still take me, oh, we'll find something, dear. My mother sighed. Some place where they they don't know us just yet. As for Tyson, the campers treated him. As for Tyson, the campers treated him like a hero. I would have been happy to have him as my cabin mate forever. But that evening, as we were sitting on a sand dune overlooking the Long Island Sound, he made an announcement that took me completely by surprise. Dream from daddy came last night, he said. He wants me to visit. I wonder if he was kidding, but Tyson really didn't a kid. Poseidon sent you a dream message? Tyson nodded. Wants me to go underwater for the rest of the summer. Learn to work at Cyclops' forges. He called it an inter- inter- an internship? Yes. I let that sink in. I'll admit. I'll admit. I felt a little jealous. Poseidon had never invited me underwater. But then I thought, Tyson was going just like that? When would you leave? I asked. No. Now, like, now now? No. I stared at the waves on in the Long Island Sound. The water was glistening red in the sunlight. I'm happy for you, big guy. I managed seriously. Hard to leave my new brother, he said with a tremble in his voice. But I want to make things. Weapons for the camp. You will need them. Unfortunately, I knew he was right. The fleece hadn't solved all the camp's problems. Luke was still out there gathering gathering an army aboard the Princess Andromeda. Kronos was still reforming in his golden coffin. Eventually, we would have to fight them. You'll make the best weapons ever, I told Tyson. I held up my watch proudly. I bet they'll tell a good time to- I bet they'll tell a good time, too, Tyson sniffled. Brothers can help each other. You're my brother, I said, no doubt about it. He patted me on the back so hard he almost knocked me down the sand dune. Then he wiped a tear from his cheek and stood to go. Use a shield well. I will, big guy. Save your life someday. The way he said it, so matter-of-fact, I wonder if that Cyclops' eye could see into the future. He headed down to the beach and whistled. Rainbow, the hippocampus, burst out of the waves. I watched the two of them ride off together into the realm of Poseidon. Once they were gone, I looked down at my new wristwatch. I pressed a button, and the shields spiraled up to full size. Hammered into the bronze were pictures in ancient Greek-style scenes from our adventure this summer. There was Annabeth slaying a Dragonian dodgeball player, me fighting a bronze bull on Half-Blood Hill, Tyson riding rainbow towards a Princess Andermita, the CSS Birmingham blasting its cannons at Caribdis. I ran my hands across a picture of Tyson battling the Hydra as he held aloft a box of monster donuts. I couldn't help feeling sad, and I, I knew Tyson would, had, uh, would have an awesome time underwater, but I'd miss everything about him. His fascination with horses, the way he could fix chariots, or crumple metal with his bare hands, or tie bad guys into knots. I'd even miss him, him snoring like an earthquake in the next in the bunk, ne- bunk next to me all night. Hey, Percy, I turned. Annabeth and Grover were standing at the top of the sand dune. I guess maybe I had some sand in my eyes because I was blinking a lot. Yeah. Tyson, I told them, he had to, we know. Annabeth said softly. Karen told us. Cyclops is forges Grover shuddered. I hear the cafeteria there, food there is terrible, like no enchiladas at all. Annabeth held out her hand. Come on, seaweed brain, time for dinner. We walked back towards a dining pavilion together, just the three of us, just like old times. The storm raged that night, but it parted around Camp Half-Blood as storms usually did. Lightning flashed against the against the horizon, waves pounded the shore, but not a drop fell in our valley. We were protected against again thanks to the fleece sealed inside our magical borders. Still my dreams were restless. I heard Kronos taunting me from the depths of Tartarus. Polyphous sits blindly in his cave, young hero. Believe he has won a great victory. Are you? any less deluded. The titan's cold laughter filled the darkness. Then my dream changed. I was following Tyson to the bottom of the sea, into the court of Poseidon. It was a hall, a radiant hall, filled with blue light, the floor cobbled with pearls. And there, on a throne of coral, sat my father, dressed like a simple fisherman, in kayaki shorts and sun-bleached t-shirt. I looked... up into his tanned, weathered face, his deep green eyes, at, and he spoke two words. Brace yourself. I woke with a start. There was a banging on the door. Grover flew inside without waiting for permission. Percy! He stammered. Annabeth! On the hill! She... The look in his eyes told me something was terribly wrong. Annabeth had been on guard duty that night, protecting the fleece. If something had happened, I ripped off the covers, the, my blood like ice water in my veins. I threw on some clothes while Grover tried to make a complete sentence, but he was too stunned, too out of breath. She's she's lying there, just lying there. I ran outside, raced across the central yard, Grover right behind me. Dawn was just breaking, but the whole camp seemed to be stirring. Words were spreading. Word was spreading. Something huge had appeared. Few campers were already making their way towards the hill, satyrs sed- and nymphs and heroes in a weird mix of armor and pajamas. I heard the clop of horses and Kyron galloped us back, up behind us, looking grim. Is it true? he asked Grover. Grover could only nod his expression dazed. I tried to ask what was going on, but Chiron grabbed me, me by the arm and effortless, effortlessly lifted me onto his back. Together we thundered up half blood hill where a small crowd had started to gather. I expect, expected to see the fleece missing from the pine tree, but it was still there, glaring in the first light of dawn. The storm had broke the sky and the storm had broke and the sky was blood red. Curse the Titan lord. Kyren said. He tricked us again, giving given himself another chance to control the prophecy. What do you mean? I asked. The fleece, he said. The fleece did its work too well. We galloped forward, everybody moving out of our way. There at the base of the tree, a girl was lying unconscious. Another girl in Greek armor was kneeling next to her. Blood roared in my ears. I couldn't think straight. Had Annabeth been attacked? But why was the fleece still there? The tree itself looked per- perfectly fine, whole and healthy suffused together with the essence of the golden fleece it healed the tree Kyron said his voice ragged and poison was not the only thing it purged then i realized annabeth wasn't the one lying ground on the ground she was the one in the armor kneeling next to the unconscious girl when annabeth sh- saw us she ran to chiron it she just suddenly there her eyes were streaming with tears, but I still didn't understand. I was too freaked out to make sense of it all. I leaped off Kyron's back and ran towards the unconscious girl. Kyron told me, Percy, wait! I knelt beside her. She had short black hair and freckles across her nose. She was built like a long-distance runner, lithe and strong, and she wore clothes that were somewhere between punk and goth. A black t-shirt, black tattered jeans, and a leather jacket with bandages from a bunch of bands I'd never heard. Badges from a bunch of bands I'd never heard of. She wasn't a camper. I didn't recognize her from any of the cabins. And yet, I had the strangest feeling I'd seen her before. It's true, Grover said, panting from his run up the hill. I can't believe. Nobody else came close to the girl. I put my hand on her forehead. Her skin was cold, but my fingertips tingled as if they were burning. She needs nectar and ambrosia, I said. She was clearly a half blood, whether she was a camper or not. I could sense it just from one touch. I didn't understand why everyone was acting so scared. I took her by the shoulders and lifted her into a sitting position, resting her head on my shoulder. Come on, I yelled to the others. What's wrong with you people? Let's get her to the big house! No one moved, not even Chiron. They were all too stunned. Then the girl took a shaky breath. She coughed and opened her eyes. Her irises were startling blue. Electric blue. The girl stared at me in bewilderment, shivering and wide-eyed. Who- I'm Percy, I said. You're safe now. Strangest dream. It's okay. Dying. No, I shared her. You're okay. What's your name? That's when I knew. Even before I said it. The girl's blue eyes stared stared into mine, and I understood what the f- Golden Fleece quest had been about. The Poisoning of the three tree. Everything. Kronos had done it to, be, to bring another chess piece into play. Another chance to control the par- prophecy. Even Kyron, and Annabeth, and Grover, who should have been celebrating this moment, were too shocked, thinking about what it might mean for the future. And I was holding someone who was destined to be my best friend, or possibly my worst enemy. I am Thalia, the girl said, daughter of Zeus. And that was the book. Yeah, I mean, oh my god, Thalia's alive again. Wow, that—that's crazy. Um, yeah. Well, that's great, I guess, or bad, depending on how you see it. Um, I—I I do hope she's going to be a friend, not an enemy. But we'll have to see that in the next book.